Blog Talk Radio. Cowboy. The following feature was originally rated R by the motion picture... They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. Stop it! You're acting like a child! They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Tonight on Paranormal Kool-Aid, joining us in the first hour is Jim W. Brown. He works from the scientific skeptic side of investigating. He takes a dim approach to much of the paranormal equipment and EVPs as it relates to the paranormal and UFO studies. In our second hour, we bring you Sci-Fi Channel's Monster Man, Cleve Hall. Monsters are his specialty. He has created masterpieces for big-budget films, including favorites like How to Train a Dragon, Sharktopus, Ed Wood, and worked with many rock bands, including Kiss and Alice Cooper, and many, many more. On, on Paranormal Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Eighty-three percent of people surveyed say they have experienced a paranormal event. The question is, is it real or not? This is Norio Hayakawa, and you're listening to uh, this program called the uh, Paranormal Kool-Aid. It is a fascinating program, no question about it, because we don't know that much about the paranormal phenomena. It could be true. People around the world report seeing something that scares them. And they say they've got the evidence to prove it. On video, in photographs, on audio tape. Voices that seem to come out of nowhere. This is again another opportunity to scientifically prove your existence. Oh, yeah. Dead Air Paranormal Radio brings you Wednesday nights on the crazy kooks over at Paranormal Kool-Aid. What the hell is his name? Chris Medina. Anything else, guys? Chandra Star. Slower, Chandra. Chandra Star. Faster. Chandra Star. That was good, Chandra. Hand in your pants when you made me do that. Oh, yeah. Jamie Geller. Jamie Geller. Jamie Geller. Okay, Scott, your turn. <laughs> Chandra Stone. <laughs> Ready? Okay, here we go. Scott Grunewald. Besides drinking Kool-Aid, there's a lot you can do with it. This is Cleve Hall. You may recognize me from a show I did on Sci-Fi Channel called Monster Man. Uh, well, right now I'm still making monsters, but this time um, I'm also making the films the monsters are featured in. Each episode is going to be, you know, pretty much monsters, practical effects, Blood and gore, so, you know, all the good stuff. Hello, this is Dr. Jillian Holloway. And this is Meredith Smith. This is Dr. Lynn. This is Jim Tucker. Hi, this is Brian J. Cano from Sci-Fi's Haunted Collector. Hi, this is Heather from Hopkins County Paranormal Society. This is Keith Johnson. This is Matt from Project Gold. This is Sydney Smith. My name is Bob Merck. This is Norio Hayakawa. Hi, this is Karen Rontowski. This is George Lopez, and you're listening to Paranormal Kool-Aid, part of the Dead Air Paranormal Family Radio shows right here on Block Talk Radio. Oh, yeah. 
And hello, everybody. Welcome to this weekend's version of Paranormal Kool-Aid. Uh, Jamie, Chandra, are you live with me tonight? Yes. All right. Tonight is a special night. I kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit. Let's see if anybody can uh, can go ahead and, and go ahead and uh, retweet Facebook, tweet whatever. Tonight is a special show. In the second hour, we have Cleve Hall, who is going to be broadcasting with us live from the premiere of American Idiot and live in concert with Green Day. So we're going to get a live concert with Green Day on the Paranormal Kool-Aid tonight. Everybody, please Facebook and, and, and tweet that. I want to see this chat room fill up. It's going to be a great show tonight. Uh, Jamie, are things getting back to normal over there in Mississippi? <laughs> yes, it is. Slowly, slowly. They are cleaning up the debris tomorrow. They're closing down the road, and they're going to work on some of the debris and the branches and all that stuff. And But it's slowly getting back to normal. We had a, a little thunderstorm today. You know, I think they kind of, I don't know, the weather people drive me crazy with saying it's going to be bad and this and that's not. So I don't know, but it was fun. And uh, it's slowly getting back to normal and uh, finally going to have my yard sale, I think, this weekend. So I'm stoked for that. But other than that, it's just been a pretty chill week. Chandra, what have you been up to today? Oh, God, enjoying the heat. We finally have heat. It's been like 90 degrees out. And I'm just nice. like, my flip-flops. Oh, my God. I got my flip-flops out. There is a God, after all. <laughs> so it's just been one of those, like, I, I, I have been out of time. I've been sort of uh, out of the social media a little bit. I, I just, you know, I'm like, uh, when the weather broke, I, I put my phone down and just, I've been hanging out outside, uh, my runs, I've been going on, like, marathon runs, you know, the seven miles I, I clocked uh, yesterday, and, man, I, I'm like a whole other person. I, I need to move south, anywhere tropical. If, if there's a palm tree in the front yard, I need to move there. Hey, I'm we've got a big palm Jeff tree in the front yard. <laughs> I'm there, I'm there. <laughs> Hey, you know, yes. I, that, that's just, I'm not just saying that. I, it's, a, it's a genuine threat, you know. I don't know. V might be like, Frillo freaked out. Who's this girl? <laughs> Why yes. is she well, knocking on my door? <laughs> no, that's okay. That That's totally cool. You know, any anytime you guys want to stop by, you know, Veronica and I will put out a, a nice spread for you guys. You guys are always welcomed. Awesome. Yeah. And that goes to anybody in the PKA team. The, uh, I have never been to Texas. I need to go to Texas. You know, the thing with Texas is once you come, you never want to leave. Uh, you stuck with me. Well, That's you right. know, if it's all big there, you know how I like big things. Oops, did I say that out loud? <laughs> yes, everything <laughs> in Texas is bigger. Everything. <laughs> hey. Hey, so, so tonight, everybody, I want to remind everybody that you are listening to Paranormal Kool-Aid. We broadcast live every Wednesday night on Blog Talk, Ghost Tales, Stitcher. Uh, we have a podcast. It's awesomeness. You can catch us every single Wednesday. Uh, every different Wednesday is a different flavor. 
Uh, last Wednesday, we had some excitement in the show. It was pretty pretty cool show. Um, but before we start, I do want to, re- to also let everybody know that uh, Paranormal Kool-Aid is not just us that you hear every single Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night, it takes a team of people to make this show happen. So uh, from April to Bill to Jan to Jamie to Scott to Chandra to... Um, Gosh, everybody, everybody that does this show, and even people that, that you just never maybe even heard of, uh, they all make this show possible. And it's, 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 a, it's a week-long thing that makes this show possible. So please, everybody, make sure that you, uh, you join our Facebook page or, or follow us on Twitter, and that way you can see everything that's going on and meet all the different characters that, that make this show possible. You know, Pam does the, the, the podcasting and the, and the Stitcher for us. It, it's great stuff. And, and we do this every Wednesday because we hope that you all enjoy it. Um, so tonight, tonight, girls, we have a really cool first guest. Uh, first guest up is Jim, Jim Brown. And we had some fun with him at the beginning of the week. Uh, I think we'll kind of let, let him in and, and kind of an, uh, announce himself and, and let us know. But let's go ahead and let's kick that, uh, that studio audience in the butt. And let's everybody here comes uh, Jim Brown. Hello, Jim. Yeah, how you doing? Welcome to the Paranormal Kool Aid. Hey, glad to be here. Good, good. So, so we talked a little bit in the in the uh, in the room, and uh, you you told me that you had uh, some weather. So, what, what part of the country are you calling are you calling in from? Well, I'm right the, in the southwest corner of Pennsylvania, and uh, we've had several severe storms come up just to the west of us. Right now, we're okay, but uh, we've had some pretty nasty weather for the last uh, couple of days. Wow. But uh, yeah, they're, and, calling, they're and, calling for floods and everything else now tomorrow. So we'll see. That that's crazy. This this whole country is just so mixed up. You know, our producer Wild Bill, he won't be in tonight. Uh, he was dealing with having a tornado warning, and then he got dumped on with snow, all in less than five days. So that that's just nuts. And then, and then you've got you're, you're in Pennsylvania, and then we got uh, Chandra was just telling us, you know, 90 degree weather. So it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, I mean, we went, who knows what's we were we were 90, 90 yesterday and uh tomorrow we're supposed to be down into the uh, 60s. Wow. So. That is so crazy. So, um so Jim, why don't you give our listeners uh, a chance to know exactly who you are and uh you know, we're Paranormal Kool-Aid, so let us know how you are connected to the paranormal. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been doing research into the paranormal since uh, the mid 1970s. I approach it from a technical point of view, scientific point of view. Started out in the UFO field and then branched off simply because uh, a lot of the similarities between UFO sightings and uh, the alien reports also seem to co- coincide with a lot of what people see when they claim to see a full-bodied apparition. So the reason I couldn't really stay just in the UFO area is the possibility that maybe we're looking at the same phenomena, just how we interpret it. So I've ex- yeah. kind of expanded my research. You know, you know the, and that, that is that's something interesting that, that, that I'm actually that connected to is because I've, I've in fact we discussed this last week, Jim, is that we. I mean, there's a lot of people that think ghosts are aliens, and you know, and, and mm-hmm. vice versa. You know, so you know maybe there is that correlation. So that's something I'd like to get into with you a little bit, a little bit further. But what else? What what is your forte in the paranormal field? Okay, I primarily deal with instrumentation. That's the uh, that's what I went to school for. I went electronics background, 
and I've dealt with instrumentation, measurements, that type of thing since uh, well, basically in all my life, since I re- up to until the point I retired. And uh, I still carry that into the paranormal area, and I approach uh, the research and the study into the paranormal using scientific instrumentation, and uh, I want to I see it used properly. That's, uh, that, I think, is one of the biggest downfalls that many groups have is they, uh, they, they use the equipment, but they have no idea what it does, how it does it, and as a result, they really don't know whether they're applying the proper use to it or not because there are limitations to what any piece of equipment can do. And when you operate it outside that boundary, uh, it basically you cannot depend on the results from any of it. It doesn't matter whether it's good equipment, bad equipment, or whatever. Everything has its limitations, and it has to be operated within that, uh, within that band that it's intended for. You know, and that, that's absolutely right. And you know what, now I understand exactly why our great producer, Belinda, uh, decided to help ha- have you on because the whole theme of our 2014 Paranormal Kool-Aid is to, to give our, my two co-hosts, uh, Chandra and, uh, and Jamie, the introduction into Paranormal. And, and they're very new. They're, they're, they'll be the first to tell you. But every Wednesday, it's like school for them. They get to learn a little bit more mm-hmm. and get a different opinion on the paranormal. So, uh, Jim, I'd like to go ahead and intro uh, Miss, Miss Jamie Geller. Uh, she's been doing this now with me since the beginning of the year. And she's fairly new into the, into the paranormal. Um, and I believe she, she's probably got a lot of questions for you. Jamie, you there with us tonight? Hello. Hi, Jim. How you doing? Nice to Hello. meet you. <laughs> um, well, I I am I've always been interested in the paranormal and uh, and it's always been a thing of mine ever since I was a kid. I saw a full apparition when I was you know younger, and um, ever since then the UFOs everything has been interesting to me. I've just never gone on a lot of ghost hunts or done that kind of stuff. But um, what I want to start off first asking you is. Uh, we had a question from April, who's the Paranormal Kool-Aid team member, and uh, she wants to start and ask, how do we know that what the phone detects is something paranormal? You're talking about phone apps that are ghost apps, and how does it make that determination? So I guess getting on the subject about, you know, ghost apps and, you know, ones that are kind of like, you know, that spit out the words and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Get your interpretation on that. Okay, in the first place, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't recognize any phone app as being suitable for any kind of serious investigative work. Now, that's kind of a broad statement, but uh, the problem is uh, what the phone actually is, and I know the electronics and the limitations of the phone itself. And that's, that's where, the, where, the, uh, where the issue comes up, because uh, there simply isn't enough bandwidth. A phone is just that. It's for strictly limited voice communications. It does not have the full frequency response necessary for, to, to gather data. As a result, I don't like to use any kind of a phone app for that reason. In other words, if I want to use, if I want a recorder, I want to use a recorder. I don't want to use a phone operating as a recorder. Same goes for a camera. If I want a camera, then we're going to use a real camera and not the phone cameras. Not that there's anything really wrong with them, but the problem is we don't understand what we're, what we're photographing or what we're obtaining. So when you start putting limitations on it from the equipment, then obviously we're not going to gather all the available data. And how do we know what's good and what isn't since we don't understand what we're gathering in the first place? How can we know what we can eliminate? 
Mm-hmm. So you don't think even phone cameras, you just not use them at all? I don't recommend them because, uh, well, and, and they're all right. They have their application. I should back up a little. If you're just going to take a picture of a general area, that's fine. But the, when it comes to, to use a camera, then I want to use a good quality. I mean, I've always been preferential to film cameras. Of course, those are a thing of the past these days. And the quality digital, up until the last few years, I wouldn't even recommend digital cameras simply because they didn't have the resolution. However, I'll have to, I have to back off from that because, obviously, when you start talking a 10, 12, 15, 16 megapixel camera, you're going to get a good quality digital picture that you can work with. So the newer cameras, if you're going to use something, use a good camera, and I'm not talking little cheap point-and-shoot cameras, but uh, if you're going to use a decent camera, but you're going to get better quality from the camera simply because you have a larger lens, which is capable of gathering much more light than the smaller lens that they jam into these phone cameras. Okay. All right, great. Good to know. Um, And then I'm going to send it over to Chandra, and I'll let her um, introduce and say hello to you. Hi, Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing just fine here. How are you doing? Oh, very well, thank you. Uh, which leads me into uh, your your favorite piece of equipment. Um, what what do you basically use the majority of the time? It, is is it just a basic recorder to catch EMS, or and and with that. What is currently your best piece of evidence that you've caught so far? Well, I'm, pre- I'm preferential to EVP myself. I mean, that's, uh, I, I, I generally set up, and I work with some other associates, and as a rule, they will do the uh, photographic, you know, the film. I, I'll set up a camera, but my, my main uh, area of, that I go in for is the EVP. Now, what I use for EVP work, uh, there's some question as to what an EVP actually is, how it originates, what it is, and so on. I prefer to use, and I'm still using, the analog tape rather than any kind of a digital recorder, simply because I have a good quality. It's a Tascam Mini Studio. It's a four-channel that I've modified. It will allow me to record four distinct channels simultaneously. And the way I configure that, I use two microphones left and right is a stereo format on channel one and two. And uh, I position the microphones precisely 20 inches apart. And there's a reason for that because what I can do is when a sound, and we're talking audio, AVP in this case, not EVP, but audio, AVP will strike one mic before it strikes the other simply because of the speed of sound, whichever side is coming from, left or right. And you can use some triangulation, and from that you can identify the direction that it originates with respect to where you have these mics positioned. And then the, it's not just a matter of picking it up. Now I can tell you where it came from in the room. Along with that, I also use an inductive pickup, which is not a microphone at all. It will pick up EVP, but it will not pick up sound. You can scream at it all day and you'll hear absolutely nothing. But it will pick up any kind of an EMF field that might be containing or might be carrying an audio signal. This goes on channel three on the audio tape. Channel 4, because there's some question as to whether Electret microphones, which the two audio microphones are, Electret condenser mics, the fourth channel is an inductive microphone. It's positioned midway between the two Electret microphones. So I actually have four sensors running at any given time that I'm doing an EVP session. 
Each of these four tracks are laid down simultaneously on the tape, one directly above the other. The head has four, four uh, pickups right there in the head, so it records the full width of the tape rather than just two. Now what I can do later, I can look at the, uh, compare the output of each of these four tracks, view that on an oscilloscope, and I can tell you what the phase lag and what the time lag is between them, whether it's audio, See, audio is limited, sound is limited by the speed of sound. EMF travels at the speed of light. So there's going to be, if say an EVP is also accompanied by an, e, an EMF field and an audio field, both originate from the same point, they're going to arrive at the mics at slightly different intervals based on the speed of sound versus the speed of light. So now I can determine distance away. And of course, from these, these are all full range audio recordings and from that I can take that and then I'll analyze what was recorded, which microphones picked it up, and then we can do an evaluation as to what we've actually obtained based on frequency response, and that's where I run into the actual audio analysis, which follows up after I've done the session. That's wow. from back in the lab. So, so Jim, let me, let me ask you really quick. Is, you know, I don't think there's any doubt in anybody listening's mind that you don't know what the heck you're talking about. Yeah. All of the words that you just said flew over about 50% of everybody's heads. So yeah. if we could go back. Okay. And let's, <laughs> let's, let's just bring it back down a couple of notches and let's okay. talk about, let's, let's put ourselves in, in, a, in, a, in an environment where, where there's just two of us. You and I, and we're investigating okay. in a dark house. Okay. What mm -hmm. type of recorder should we have okay i'm like i say i per, there again there are five specifications for a digital recorder i run into this people are asking me all the time what's a good recorder what isn't the only way i don't recommend any digital recorder by brand simply because the only way i can make a recommendation for a brand would mean that i had to have it in my lab done a full analysis of it, tested it, and said, all right, this brand is good. Obviously, I can't buy every recorder out there and come A-B compare them. So instead, what I've done is come up with specifications. There are five specifications that a digital recorder has to have to record EVP. Now, you don't need all four channels. It's, it's nice to have, but for the average person, I want to I see two channels. I want to see it done with a stereo, voice, a stereo digital recorder, not a voice recorder. That means you have two channels, two microphones, and so on. The second requirement, all digital recorders have various rates. You know, go for quality rates. Each manufacturer has their own terminology. But I want to use the highest quality that I can, which is also, by, not by coincidence, but is also the shortest recording time, simply because it burns memory faster. So you want to use the highest quality setting that your recorder can have, and that highest quality setting has to record at 96 kbps sample rate or higher. That's 96, not the average 16 that the voice recorder has. 96K will provide good quality audio. The second requirement about the recorder itself is the A to D conversion. All digital recorders start out, voice is analog. You have to, everything starts as analog and it has to wind up as analog. The recorder converts it to digital and then when it's in playback, we'll convert the digital back to the analog that it was taken from. That's what all, all digital voice recorders do. 
So what you want to do with something like that is you can do it with what they call a 16-bit conversion. I want to see 24-bit conversion. That's your better quality. Like, uh, well, I can tell you a couple that do have that capability, like the Zoom, the H2, the H4, all have 96K or higher. I personally prefer the Fostex with the FR2, the one that I use for a digital. Of course, that's a little bit pricey, so yeah. that's, that's the main thing there. But those, those are the important thing. And the other important thing is the mode or the format that you put it in. You want it in an uncompressed audio format. That's a WAV file, W-A-V, not an MP3. MP3 is compressed. As soon as it's compressed, there are bits of data that are lost. So you want to keep it. It has to start in a WAV file. It stays in a WAV file the whole way through. Now, if you want to post it, say, to Facebook or something, go ahead and convert it down to an MP3. But that's why I don't do any analysis based on what somebody posts on Facebook. You can post it all day, but I can't give you an analysis on the, re- on the file that you post on Facebook or just on the, uh, online. It's, it's more convenient, and it doesn't leave the huge file that the WAV file has, but the, if you really want serious analysis done on your audio, you'll have to provide me with the original form in the WAV file, in the WAV format that it was recorded in. Wow. So, so okay. So you're, we're recording, and we're recorded in WAV. I know if, you, if you're using Zoom, mm-hmm. you can switch it off to either WAV or MP3. Right, exactly. So we're recording, we're recording it in WAV. And and we once we get it into our, our recorder our, our computers we go home in the lab or or your living room or wherever it is that you review your evidence uh, mm-hmm. you know or your data um, and and you go through it and now the next thing I want to ask you is you you've already talked about cameras a little bit um, I would like to know what is your best piece of EVP evidence that you you've collected because if you've gone through all of this stuff then you must have the best EVPs on the planet well if you want to, the truth of the matter is 99.99% of the EVPs people get are pareidolia and mm-hmm. I'm that sounds like a high percentage but I'll give you here's my comparison I have okay. processed of my own Based on what I've done here and multiple tracks and so on, of course, it takes longer with multiple tracks because I have to do each track individually. But all told, I have processed somewhere around 8,000 hours of audio. Out of 8,000 hours of audio, I have reduced that down to seven possible EVPs. Wow. That's that's the ratio. Everything else out of the 8,000 hours... That, that breaks down to about 30 seconds of audio out of 8,000 hours that I can't say isn't an EVP. Everything else I've been able to debunk. Wow. And it gets, so, it gets into de- this debunking. is uh, That's where it's really done is in the final analysis, and that's where people really – it really falls off there because nobody analyzes EVP properly. Right, and you know what? That that is a huge thing in in the field, pareidolia, and whether maybe whether because you're, you're looking at a photo or you're listening to EVP exactly. evidence, you know, it, it is a lot of things. You know, I've doing this show. You know, we've been able to hear EVPs. You know, throughout you know throughout the three years that we've been doing it, mm-hmm. um, and some of this stuff you could just write out right off the bat tell. Well, you could have an alternate explanation of what what's going on um right but you know what right now uh, jim we're gonna go we're gonna we got our first break set up 
right now. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead. We're going to start our break. Um, in a couple of minutes, we're going to come back, and I want to get more into your debunking. Okay. And, and we're going to find out a little bit more. So let's, let's hear this break come up, and uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes. All righty. Next week on Paranormal Kool-Aid, Allie Cheswick, a professional spiritual medium, healer, intuitive, and a radio host, will join us live. Allie is known as a psychic psychic and has demonstrated for audiences worldwide on radio and TV. In our second hour, join Allie and the Paranormal Kool-Aid host while Allie takes your calls and gives free readings. So tune in and call in all next week on Paranormal Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Hi, this is Karen Ronkowski, and you're hearing me on the Paranormal Kool-Aid, my favorite flavor of Kool-Aid. Welcome back to Paranormal Kool-Aid, everybody. We are chatting with Jim Brown tonight. And he's talking about debunking, and I am excited. I want to I wanna start off, you know, because I am new to the paranormal, and there are so many things I'm learning about what is real and what isn't, you know, and um, I'm learning a lot. So uh, we have a chat question um, from Kara. She wants to know, I guess maybe she's a little, I don't know if she's confused on how EVP, she wants to know, what is considered a class A V class A E V P and what is the correct way then to tell us it's a class A V P? Okay. Probably the easiest thing and this is the, the one thing that I do on all E V P. The first thing, anybody can do it. All you need are three investigators who are not familiar with the E V P and have never heard it. It's called the rule of three. And all that simply means that each of the three investigators will listen to the EVP uh, apart from each other and write down what it says. If all three agree that it says precisely the same thing phonetically, now that's, that's how it sounds, not necessarily the spelling or anything else in the words, but if phonetically all three agree, then we take it to the next level and begin to analyze it. If two of the three uh, substantially agree, two agree and the third substantially. By substantially agree, uh, let's just use, for example, if uh, one word, say we disagree on one word. If you, for instance, say the EVP said the word hog and I said fog, those words are almost the same, so that's a substantial agreement. But if it's way off somewhere, wrong number of syllables, something like that, that is not an agreement and you toss the EVP out. Of course, if none of the three agree, you toss it automatically. That's the first thing all EVPs have to eliminate, and that goes through whether it's EVP, whether you're listening to something coming out of a ghost box or an echo box or anything. There, if you ever listen to these, that eliminates all that noise that people will come on the radio and say, listen to this clear Class A EVP, 
and you'll sit there and you'll say, what did it say? That's not a Class A EVP. Class A is as clear as if I'm sitting here talking to you. Anything less than that is no longer what would be considered a Class A. Now, which doesn't mean that a Class B wouldn't be an EVP, but anything below a Class B, as they use the, co the common terminology, basically if it's below a Class B, it's not an EVP. It's probably pareidolia. Hmm. hope that answers the question. Yes, so you're saying if I, okay, if I were to go out and do an investigation and I believe I've caught a, a, a good EVP, uh, you want me to get people that are not in the group or not in a paranormal group to listen to see what they hear right. first. They could, be, okay. they could even be in the group, but I, by someone, I'm, I'm saying someone who has not discussed it, has not listened to it, and has nothing to do with the background, they don't know anything about it, and it's just like, hey, come over and listen to this. And you plug it into your recorder or player, and you listen to it. No compression, oh. just exactly as it was. They put the headphones on, and they write down what they, what they heard. And then number two does the same thing. He writes down what he heard. And number three is likewise. And if all three heard the same thing, then, then we, we can, we'll consider going on with it. But that's the quick way to eliminate pareidolia, because pareidolia is something that your mind creates. And three minds will hear the same thing if it's just noise, and they're not going to interpret it the same way. Now, if it's actually a true voice, it's not pareidolia. If it's a true voice, it's not going to be pareidolia. Consequently, you're going to hear what was said, and you all three are going to substantially agree. But the subjective part of it, the pareidolia part, no, no three people are going to hear the exact same thing. Okay. Well, that makes sense. makes perfect sense. Okay. Um, we, Jan, who's our chat room host for PKA, she had a question here. Let's see. Ask if you've ever tested common gear like KLL. Is that K2. The K2. The K2. Yeah. Have you ever tested common gear like that? Uh, yes, I have. The K2, as far as the K2, it's a toy. The K2 <laughs> is something that, first of all, it has no internal shielding. Therefore, it's subject to just about anything. Secondly, it's a single-axis uh, meter, meaning that all you have to do to go from one extreme to the other is rotate at 90 degrees. If, there's a, if it is in the presence of a field, you rotate at 90 degrees, the strength of that field is going to change dramatically just based on the orientation of the sensor to the field. No good meter is going to do that. You need, if you're going to do any kind of a meter, you need a triaxial sensor. Triaxial means that it picks up on all three axes, and as it turns off of one, it turns into the other. Consequently, they compensate for each other. So that's the first thing with the K2. It's, it's a toy. It's, it's something that they see it on the TV shows, use it, because it has the nice, flashy, blinky, blinky lights. It really looks impressive to the guy walking around you know, on TV. But, well, you know, Jim, okay. one, of the things, one of the things that I want to know is who ever said that ghosts give off electric fields? Exactly. And who can prove that? That's no always one. my thing. No <laughs> one. And I have used various, I, I don't, myself, I don't use a meter. I use what I call an EMF monitor. It's an inductive pickup, which works something like a meter, but rather than showing up on how strong the field is, the monitor allows me to hear the field in real time. Because the strength of the field doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't tell you anything because, what, to put it simply, 
EM fields are res they respond to the law of physics called the, the, inverse, the inverse square law of physics. And all that sounds complicated, but all that simply means is as you get farther from the source, the uh, strength of the field will diminish by a known factor. Now, the question is, if you have, say, a 5 on your meter, how strong is the field? You don't know because is it a strong field farther off or is it a weak field nearby? Both can give you the same reading on a meter. So it doesn't tell you a thing other than how strong the field is, where the meter's picking it up. And since in the paranormal, we don't know where the field originates ordinarily. So how do we know how strong it is? True, true. You know, um, Chandra, I'm really interested in, in, in you know, you've heard, a, you've heard a lot of stuff and you've been, and like we've like I've said before, you know, this is school for you and you and Jamie. Um, right. This is this is probably the most hardcore scientific or just factual conversation that you all have ever ha been exposed to. I mean, this has got to throw your brain into like, well, wait, wait, I thought that guy said this kind of a deal. Well, my my thing here is, it, it, Jim, really. All that you essentially need is a good camera and a good tape recorder. Is, is this basically what you believe are your best pieces of equipment? It's the simplest. It, it, this is, you know, it, it's kind of backing up my theory. Why go out and spend all the money on a fancy gadget when you just take yourself, uh, your beliefs, and you just dive in and um, have a lot of patience. It, it, is this basically what it, it really wraps up to be? And uh, it's that. To a, po to a point, you're absolutely right, simply because uh, I've... My investigations are somewhat different than what most people do for an investigation. So first I have to clarify that. Generally, when I'm doing an, doing an investigation, I'm out testing some new piece of equipment or some new theory, and I'm seeing what kind of response I get from it. I'm not particularly out looking to, just to gather evidence. But when I do gather evidence or do, do a, a private case or something like that, you talk about, yeah, I have access to this equipment, I have all this equipment here, basically thousands of dollars of equipment that I use for this stuff. And a lot of times when I show up for the investigation, the client will look at me and says, where's your equipment? Because all I did was showed up with a simple camera. I probably got a little digital voice recorder to do the witness interview and a notepad and pencil. And that's what okay. I show up with. Uh, I, uh, Joseph Sreza, uh he sort of asked the question as well. But uh, Essentially, if you are just going to go out and get the simplest piece of equipment, what is is the cheapest and the best you can go with uh, to to go and do this to start off? First piece, first piece of equipment that I would recommend is a camera, and and I'm, like I say, by cheap, I'm by that, I'm talking a mid a mid price digital camera spine. What That's about the, like your cam, your um, uh, like I have like a a fourteen uh, pixel camera on my cell phone. Uh, would, would could I could I go with something like that? The problem with a cell phone camera, uh, what you want to do measure the diameter of the lens because a larger lens will allow more light in. 
The fact that you have, there's one out there I know is advertising 41 megapixels on a cell phone, which sounds great, but then you look at the lens and it's no more, I don't know what the actual aperture is, but the whole lens is no more than like an eighth of an inch across. So how much light are you going to get in there and how precise can it be focused? Exactly. I was the, the, optics, the optics are the thing, and that's what you want to do, and that's another reason I like a camera, simply because, well, like the zoom feature. The cell phone will give you a zoom feature, but it's what they call an electronic zoom. Electronic zoom is totally different than an optical zoom. Optical zoom is more along the lines of what the traditional zoom that you've had on a camera, where you actually move the lenses and change the depth of field. The electronic zoom simply means that of the 41 megapixels in that particular camera, you're only going to use a few of them, but you're going to blow it up over a larger, uh, a larger area. So you haven't really done anything. Okay, I, I have another question as well uh, from Akara Davidson. Uh, what are your feelings about the ovulus? It's great for, great for a party if you're going to have a party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I was wondering a lot of people saying the same thing. Sure. Yeah. They're, they're, them them all the ghost boxes, shack hacks and Frank's box, the ovulus and all that stuff. Well, they're great to have a party with. You might as well just take your magic eight ball out and uh, let it tell your fortune. That's about what it comes down to. But the, the reason I'm the reason I'm so down on that and I don't we don't really have the time to go into it. I'm sure here is we're back to the pareidolia effect. Yeah. I mean, we could. I could go into that because any radio. Now, here, just get in a little of that. If you're familiar with the human speech, or the the English language, only consists of approximately sixty, what they call phonemes, and that's sixty sounds. And how they're origin, how they're combined, makes up every word in the English language. Now, we don't need all sixty of them. We can actually get reasonably good speech using no more than 15 to 20. And by reasonably good, for example, uh, say one, I'll give you two words to look at. Say, use the word fur as referred to a fur tree versus fur as an animal skin. Now, that er sound is a phony. It sounds the same, but in reality, they're different. The length of time is different, and the attack is different in each one of them. So consequently, that's two phonemes. But if you're listening to a voice, say, that's really nitpicking whenever it comes down to that, too, because if you're listening to a voice and that word came up, it's how the word's used in a sentence. So you really don't need two phonemes to do that, to respond to that er sound. One would do sufficiently. But it wouldn't wow. be precisely. It's just like, let's say, another word example is red. I read the book, or the color of the car is red. When you use the color, the a sound and the red AD sound is actually extended a little bit versus the red because simply where it's used in a sentence. Now, and that's where you get into, and that's why I can start in on the ovalists and people that hear these things and ghost, or the ghost boxes and everything. What I actually do to debunk those things, and we've got to get a little debunking on this. Go ahead. When, when those things bounce between switching channels, they change, first of all, anywhere between 8 and 10 times per second. You know, that, that popping sound. Mm -hmm. The interesting right. thing about it, every time they change, that's a P sound. That's a pop as they bounce from one channel to another. And they do this, the, the average is around 100 milliseconds between each word or each, uh, each pulse. It stays on there about 100 milliseconds, which just happens to coincide 
with the approximate length of most phonemes in the English language. So obviously, you have put a P sound in front of every, every sound that's going to follow it. So if it just happens, say, to go between, uh, between stations, you put a P sound coupled with the hiss of the interstation hiss. Now you have a PS sound, a and that's, that's a phoneme. Now put that with one other phoneme, and you start creating words. You can just imagine the possibilities when you have this box creating this stuff. So the echo box, which everybody seems to go for now, you've just added an echo, which is even more. Now you have not only the uh, popping sound and everything that it's creating, you have the echo of what you said half a second earlier to add into the mix. <laughs> so when you put all this together, you've built a pareidolia box. <laughs> you put play them all together at one time and see what happens. You get exactly. all kinds of those. Those conversations going on. Yeah, so, and that's what so, I say. People, are, people listen to that. If you only, and like I said, you only need 15 to, 20, 15 to 20 phonemes, and you can get words out of it. And when you're spitting them out at 10, per, uh, 10 pulses per, per second, you're going, to, you're going to get, just by random dumb luck, you're going to get some that are going to sound like a word. Yeah. And you, then you they know, come up with, then they'll ask a question, or, is it, uh, are you here? And they say, well, I heard yes. One word answer only consists of three phonemes, two of which can be generated by the machine. Dumb luck's going to say you're probably going to get the third one at some point in time. So there's your answer, yes. And the spirit's talking to me, or right. so they say. Right, right. So, so I guess the, the next question I have for you, uh, Jim, is, and this one is a, another chat question. This comes from our, our, our great friend, Sam Hall. She's our great listener from across the pond in, in, uh, in the Sherwood Forest is actually where she's listening to us from. Um, her question is mediums. Uh, you, know, you're, 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 you talk a lot about the, you know, the use and the, the misuse and the debunking of, of equipment. What, what's your take on mediums? Uh, in that case, I've done, I've done some work with, uh, with sensitives uh, and uh, in all fairness, I've said the, the jury's still out on that one. I have seen uh, sensitives that have seemed to defy the, the reason. You know, they, they're, they're actually getting more hits. They're getting things that can be verified, and you say, hey, there must be something to it here. The, the law of averages, they're well above that. And then I've seen the same medium turn around um, a day later and miss it so far that dumb luck you could guess better. So, you know, it's like, now what, what does that tell me? It doesn't tell me anything other than the fact that there may, in fact, be something there, but I don't know what it is, and that's an, that is an area for research. Where, I, where I'm trying to do with that right now is, and I'm, I'm working with some that are willing to actually put themselves to the test, and I'm, by test I mean do their thing, whatever they claim to be able to do, channel or whatever they want to do, you know, remote viewing, and there's several different uh, categories. Everybody's a little different as to what they claim to do. At the same time, this is going on. For instance, uh, how many people have taken uh, done brainwave analysis, uh, you know, the EKG, at the same time to determine if there is anything, or EEG rather, not EKG, but to see just what uh, what is going on in the brain. And that that's why I say the study's still out there. Well, you know, and, you know, I ha I think we all have to to remember. Jim is that, uh, and Jamie and Chandra, that we're we're trying to put our fingers on something that can't be explained, exactly, and has not been able to be explained. So, 
you know, everybody is just trying to, and, and I think ultimately you start with an idea mm-hmm. and you try to make it work and you try to make it fit in. Um, you know, the misinformation that comes out afterwards is where we do our community wrong. We're not, exactly. you know, we're not giving out the exact information or, or we're not thinking, you know, I, I, I've, I've seen so many groups out there say that they're, you know, they're scientific based or they're this or they're that or what, you know, whatever it may be. But in all reality, there's no way we can be because we still don't even know what the heck we're talking about or what we're looking for. And we can try to make our, our, we can try to create situations to, to best collect data in a scientific manner. But if you don't have a control, how do you do that? Exactly. See, this is this is the thing uh, where I stand on equipment. Uh, I've, I agree. I've seen many groups out there that will say, we're scientifically based, and you look down there, and here's the obelisk, and they've got their K2 meter and all this. Well, these things, they say, well, we don't understand it. The thing is, we may not understand what we're looking for in that regard, but we do know what the limitations of some of this equipment is because this equipment was designed by humans for humans for certain applications, and when we try to use it beyond what its capabilities are, then we can't expect to get good information or get good reliable data no matter what. And my, my goal, what I, what I try to get across to people is, you're better off to have no equipment than the wrong equipment, simply because all the wrong equipment's doing is putting more garbage data out there, which basically re- leads people in the wrong direction. Now, like to go back to the question with the mediums, absolutely, there, there's grounds for research, and the, grounds, the research should be done and is being done correctly. But we keep running up against these walls that are put up by people that are chasing around here with the bad data, and it gives everybody a bad, uh, you know, bad reputation for it. Right, right. And that's, that's and what I'd like to see, get, get rid of the garbage data and let the research concentrate on where we could get good, you know, good valid data using the proper equipment. Right. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, one of the things that I've tried to, to keep, uh, one of the things that whenever we have discussions I have with either Jamie or Chandra or even anybody else on the team with, with me is that I think probably the one thing that we all need to remember, and, and I bet you, you you'll, you'll agree with me on this, Jim, is that common sense is probably the most misused or unused tool that we have. Exactly. Right, because most things can be like, if you think about it, you're like, no, <laughs> that shouldn't be right. Or, no. you know, no. why, am I use, why am I using an electric meter to find a ghost? Doesn't, exactly. Does, yeah. uh, and Jamie, uh, are you still with us? I am. I am in tune to this. This is interesting. <laughs> I wanted to quickly just remind everybody that you're listening to the Paranormal Kool-Aid and that we are live every Wednesday night on Blog Talk Radio and Ghost Tales TV. Don't forget to call in, anybody, if you've got any questions, number 646-929-2384, or you can ask in our chat room where Jan will get us the questions. And my question to you, Jen, um, I think you said there was um, some good hard EVPs you had earlier, but is there any photos of, say, UFOs or any paranormal photos that you have come across either yourself or that anybody has given you um, to, to review that you believe to be completely real? Uh, by Well, by uh, completely real, that depends. Let's go back to the yeah. UFO area, for example. 
I have photographs that I have taken and photographs that have been sent to me for analysis that I can look at that and I can say, I have no clue what this is. Now, can I say it's from extraterrestrial from outer space? Absolutely not. But I, can, I also can say that it's not an airplane, it's not a cloud formation, it's not a bird or a blimp or something else up there. And it's like you asked earlier, I don't think I ever did answer the question of what you what would like for my EVP, probably the best EVP that I have. It's not that the EVP sound is so great, but it's the collaborating evidence that goes along with it that makes it something. And that's the one I, I have actually have it up on my website. So it can you can you can read the entire case. But what happened is the EVP simply says, Leave me alone. It's a whispery sound. But that in and of itself is it's, it's clear, you can hear it, but it really clinches it the same time this EVP came across, the lamp's picked up off a dresser and thrown against the wall. Shatters over a child's head. So, you know, the collaborating evidence of that, there were five people present when it happened. So, wow. You know, so uh, I mean, you know, the EVP's yeah. good, but with, along with that evidence, something's definitely going on there. Yeah, you know, Jim. You know, this this first hour is just flown by, and I, I think that that you know we've just we've we've only scratched the surface with you. And you know what? As I'm listening to you, uh, um, and I, and I'm I'm hearing all your information, I think that you're best suited for for another show with us, where we have maybe a a roundtable where we discuss tech and discuss you know the, the common sense of of ghost hunting and investigations and. You know, I'd like to invite you that once you know, once we gather up enough qualified people, that you know, I'd like for you to be on that roundtable with sure. us. And I'd hope anytime. that you'd like to do that. Sure. Now, anytime. Jim, any of any of our listeners that are out there hearing you tonight, um, are you, do you? How do we find you? Maybe there's somebody that wants to 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 ask you more questions or, or get your opinion on other things. How do they How do they find you? Best thing is through my website, www jimsdestinations.com right so um, you guys settled. you guys heard that yeah and, and, and we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get you on again for sure jim uh you know i i really appreciate it um jamie and chandra i i know that you guys are going to have to go back and re-listen to this show lots of good information a lot of technical information but yeah. uh he's dead on i mean and, and that's you know this part of the, the sometimes it's the the unglamorous part of investigations, but it's something everybody really needs to hear. I like the bare bones honesty. I, it, all the television fluff and stuff has has it so confused anymore. Exactly. And yeah, you get confused between legitimate people and the crap. It's it's really hard to differentiate. Really hard anymore. Yeah, I've, my website is even set up as uh, one thing with it. I wanted to go to the, uh, the the website that I gave you there. will get you to the main the main page, and then there's a sign post on there. What the people that are on that are listening here tonight are going to do is click on the paranormal topic on the sign post. You're welcome to visit the other topics on there, but that'll take you right to the paranormal area, and it's primarily intended for information and for background. You won't find. Uh, you won't find a lot of stuff on there that a lot of the websites have. I don't have a list of the equipment that I use and all that stuff. Well, that's that's really good, Jim. You know, and, and it's it's come to the end of our hour. I, I do mm-hmm. want to let you know that uh, Belinda is telling me in our in our host chat that um, 
she she's really gl- you know thankful to you for coming on and and she she wants to apologize. You were the running joke in <laughs> Paranormal Kool Aid back talk for the longest time. And those of you that know, I'll, I'll make this really quick because we got to go to our our quick break uh, mm-hmm. before we get Mr. Cleve Hall on with us. He uh, for some reason Belinda put your name is Joe. Yeah. <laughs> so when, when we were asking who Jim Brown is, and then she put Joe Brown, um, when when April made your made your first promotional thing, she mm-hmm. she really took her humor to the next level, which I I loved it. She took a picture of Joe Brown, the ju- TV judge. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's what we had. It was yeah. a, it was a classic. It was so much fun, and we had mm-hmm. it going, and it was so funny because we were totally like. Put it on there. Put it on there. And everybody's like, well, no, what if he gets hurt? Or what if he gets offended? And I'm like, no, I, don't I don't think he'll get offended. He'll understand it's a joke. But no, that, I don't. true, true uh, paranormal Kool-Aid style, you were the butt <laughs> of our joke for the week. So uh, That's fine. <laughs> Thanks for being such a good sport, and thank you so much for coming on. And, and we've already got requests from the chat room to have you back. So we will definitely get you involved in one of our, our paranormal Kool-Aid roundtables. So, Sounds uh, good. Good night. Let me good night. Win. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Good night. So, girls, wow. That was a a very fast first hour. And, you know, we've only got a a couple of minutes left, uh, you know, in this first hour. But I wanted to get a chance to to really, you know, briefly ask you, you know, are your minds blown? I mean, that was was a lot of information for you guys. Yeah. Like I said, I, I love it when we can connect with, a genuine ghost investigator, someone who is uh, like you, Chris. Yourself, you your your favorite piece of equipment is is the recorder and the camera. It, you you don't go for all the fluff stuff. You're you're like and and you're in it to you're in it to win it. You're, you're looking for the holy grail, and if it'll take you ten years to find it, you know, so be it. But you know, those are the real the real people. You know? I tell you, I'm I'm learning all about this, and I'm getting more and more to the point where I'm just like, I just want a camera and a digital recorder, and maybe a flashlight. If, if Chris thinks it's good, because you know, I mean, I'm just at the point where that's it. I, I'm done with the other stuff. I just don't care for it anymore. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to have all that stuff with you, and and to you know to to blow your money like I think we all have, because we all we've all blown money. Trust me. I've got, uh, you know, it's funny, Veronica always makes fun of me and, and asks me what the hell am I going to do with all these cases of equipment. I have <laughs> cases, girls. You have no idea. I've got, you know, one case for the, you know, for one CCTV system, the other case for the other CCTV system, one case for, you know, our, you know, our full-spectrum video camera, one case for the, you know, full-spectrum camera, one case for all the, the digital, uh, you know, night vision cameras, handhelds, one case for the audio recorder. It's ridiculous, and we use maybe a tenth of all that stuff. It's really crazy. To be honest, Chris, you get get the bevy of uh, girls to hang out with you. You you know, you get that equipment out there. It it brings brings on the ladies. Uh, I look at it like, ooh, that guy knows what he's doing. He's got that all those cool uh, meters. Yeah, and half of them are just like that. Uh, that dirt thing, that geek thing, it, that's hot. That, that's, you know, <laughs> the girlfriend that's sexy. That's hilarious. Well, I tell you what, girls, it is time to go ahead and let's start, uh, let's start our mid-show break. Um, it is 
almost time to bring the coolest dude in sci-fi land, the Monster Man. He'll be coming oh my up. God. In, yeah, he'll be coming up right after this short break. Everybody, all go go get a new drink and go do something. Be back in just. There's a special edition to the generic black shirt group, and he'll be joining us for a haunting at St. Albans Psychiatric Sanatorium. Come meet Joe Chin, the newest member of the generic black shirt group. Enjoy a full day of vendors, speakers, and a night of investigating. Meet Nicole Strickland, Tara Petty, Danny Big Beard, Paranormal Association of Cold Cases. Learn the best ways to communicate with these spirits. There's a room with a chair waiting for you. Tickets are available for this investigator's dream come true at www.eventbrite.com. To have your conference, tour, lecture, or event, team, or personal page listed on our Paranormal Current Events, contact us at pkaradio at gmail.com or use our Facebook page, backslash Paranormal Kool-Aid. Capital P, capital K, capital A, all one word. Our contact producer and guest wrangler, Melinda Clark-Aki, C-L-A-R-K hyphen A-C-H-E, on Facebook, Melinda812 on Twitter. Figure that one out. Oh, yeah. I'm Rob Demarest from Sci-Fi's Haunting Australia, and you're listening to the Paranormal Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Sorry about that. Those are technical difficulties we have. We don't want a studio guy in with us. Uh, Jamie, Chandra, are you live? Uh, well, I'm here. Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you girls heard me that you guys, I threw you into live. Uh, Cleve is there. He, he's, he needs a couple minutes. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about, um, about who Cleve is and, and what he does. And... Uh, how he came to us, uh, Paranormal Kool-Aid was very, very fortunate to have somebody like this. And, of course, we get these, uh, these guests because of, of one of our cool guys on the show, Mr. Scott Grunewald. He's, you know, he doesn't come on with us every single weekend but, you know, or week, but he does offer us these awesome guests. Uh, you girls have been looking up. Chandra, you were telling me you were so excited to have him on because of his, you know, his love for Godzilla. Oh, Yeah. Oh, he is like, yeah, Dan, I I really am not so much knowledgeable, but I've seen all the movies, I mean, since I was a kid on up, and he knows, uh, you got a question, he knows everything, he knows everything about Godzilla, and it's like, yeah, it's hot, it's hot what he knows, and I mean, anything movie, uh, any Horror movie question possibly. He's he's just like amazing. He's an amazing mm-hmm. dude. 
And I, 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 I can't wait. I'm very excited. Definitely. And, and, and Jamie, uh, I know that, you know, you guys always do your, you do your research on, on, you know, on our guests coming up. So what, what did you find out? What cool facts, fun facts have you found out about Cleve? Oh, gosh. Well, he's been doing this for quite some time. I didn't realize this. He's been doing this for like over 30 years. And uh, his, his family is involved with him, too. His daughter works with him also, which is really neat. And um, I just got, I got so many questions for him, and I'm just super excited to, I mean, Chandra and I were talking about it earlier. We are horror movie buffs. I have been since I was a kid, and this is just super exciting just to have him on. And he seems like a really cool dude. I was listening to one of his interviews earlier today. So. Well, you know what's really funny is that um, I actually, uh, when I when I called him, I got nervous, and I don't ever get nervous. It's like you know, <laughs> I don't. I actually said, uh, "Hey, Cleve, Chris, this is Chris." I well, know, no, listen, right? look, you got to hear this. I said, "Cleve, this is Chris from Southwest Auto Glass," and then I'm like, "Holy crap, I'm not at work." It was pretty funny. Oh he was my a cool god, guy. you did you did that? You're an ass. <laughs> I know, I did. You know, thank God, you know, it was. I was like, holy crap! People just, you know, people just. At least they didn't hear it, so I might as well say it before he makes fun of me on, on the phone. But I tell you, oh, oh, guys, go yeah. ahead and talk talk a little bit. I'm gonna go back into the studio and, and see if, if Cleve is ready for us. Can you hang on a second, girls? You got it. Good. Anybody in the chat room? You got horror movie questions? Anything like that? Get them to us. We want to hear it. And and uh, Chandra. Is Godzilla one of your favorite movies of all time? Uh, well, Godzilla, no. You know what? I, I really want to find out what he thinks about the new movie. Oh, uh, the new Godzilla movie. Because he really has got a thing about the, the CGI. He doesn't, uh, he likes the bare bones, you know, the really, the, the hello? Hello. Girls, are you there? Hello. Okay. All right. Well, I tell you what. You know, this is a very exciting night for us here at Paranormal Kool-Aid. This is, you know, girls, this is one of the, our, our very, very, very first awesome guests to come on. And, you know, we have, uh, we have a really cool guy on with us. And uh, everybody, I want to go ahead and get him on. Please call the monster man. Good evening, everybody. Hi. Good evening, Cleve. Welcome, yeah, I'm gonna welcome make to Paranormal Kool-Aid. When you called and said auto glass, I was going to say, oh, good. So somebody's finally calling because my daughter, Coco's Mustang, has a broken windshield. And I figured <laughs> you could fix it for me. <laughs> I almost did. I was like, oh, I couldn't believe it. You know, and I, I'm kind of like, you know, I, I pride myself in being one of those guys who don't ever really get rattled. And, and my gosh, you know, you're, you're, you're just, you're somebody that, you know. I'm just, I pride myself in being one of those guys that tend to rattle people. Not really. <laughs> well, that's good. I don't know that that that's cool because that's where that's where you're at. Paranormal Kool Aid is all about yeah, having sadly, fun. Not all that scary. Yeah. By the way, so, you're so, having a, the double pleasure here of having my daughter Coco with me, Conscious Hall with me here, because we're driving wow. to the Green Day thing right now. That well, that's fun. that's exactly what I actually told everybody on the chat that you know we may be able to hear something in the background, and so we're we're kind of excited about that. Yeah, but, um, well, yeah. I mean, I got this job call from actually my production company uh, that did Monster Man, like right before I, when I was trying to get ready for show tonight. And I was like, hey, you know, I know, but okay, I should have told them ten million. But <laughs> I, yeah, Godzilla. How about that? Yeah. 
yeah, we're going to be going uh, going to see the seven o'clock show tomorrow, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably cry and I'll be really embarrassing, but it's going to happen. <laughs> now you hear the war of the one thing engine tearing down the highway. Awesome. Yeah. More of a hack and a cough, but Great. So, so Cleve, let me ask you. I'm, I'm going to be the first one to ask you. Is you know. You were left in theaters to watch horror movies. Do you remember the the, the the movie? What was the first movie that just, you know, popped? You knew that this is something you were going to do and make it a part of oh. your life for the rest of your life. What was Godzilla that movie? Godzilla No question about it. It was Godzilla vs. The Thing. As, like, it's Mothra vs. Godzilla, but in America it was released as Godzilla vs. The Thing in, like, 64. And I seen Mothra. My mom took me to see Mothra and Gorgo when I was probably, like, two. So, I, you know, she loved Giant Monsters, too. And I knew who Mothra was, and then when I saw it, I knew who Godzilla was, because I'd seen the model kit, and I'd seen the, had the game from when Godzilla came out, but I hadn't seen him yet. Fucking Jay Walker. Jay Walker. Fucking Jay Walker. Kill him. Anyway. We're not <laughs> Yeah, it might slow us down. Um, but, um, yeah, I saw Godzilla was thing, and it was a combination of just the sound of his roar, the, um, or the screech, uh, the music, you know, the hero with the Fuku Bay theme, because no other character has such an identifiable music theme except maybe James Bond. You know? And um, just the look of it and everything. It's not just that he was a big monster, it was just the entire package. You know? um, and that music just it's so driving and everything. It's like, it defines the character. So yeah, I can get rolls in on this subject. But, you know? Oh, no, no. We, we actually, I, you, you've got Godzilla yeah. fans here, so we're, we're really excited. In fact, Chandra, are you there? I'm here. Chandra, you know, we're we're talking about Godzilla. I'm going to go let, let you go. You you go ahead and ask your Godzilla questions. Oh, I, oh Cleve, hi. I've got a little, like, a little fan girly right now, so you're going to have to forgive me. <laughs> That's funny. You should like um, to embarrass them. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I just make a lot of, like, really fast no. movements up close. What's that? My daughter says she never moves fast. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, what's it like working with Dad? <laughs> yeah. So what was your question? Right? On your yeah. Chandra, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of difficult to, 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 to hear you, Cleve, so we're, you know, we're getting kind of some feedback. Yeah, but yeah, Go I'm ahead, trying. Chandra, with the question. Okay, uh, so really, are you, uh, how are you feeling about some of the things that you've seen with the, the new Godzilla movie? Uh, yeah. It seems like they paid a bit of an homage to uh, back in the day. You know, he looks well, a little bit the like that, you know. Gareth Edwards is doing an amazing job of this thing. I tell, you know, everything I've heard about it and just the way they leaked out the uh, sneaks and previews and clips and shit, he, this is a Godzilla movie. You know, um, I, what the, when I first saw the design, I wasn't too sure about it and the fact that he kind of like has bear-like movements and facial features and stuff. But um, when I when I first of all saw the trailer that related it to the incidents in 1954, I was like, oh, hell yeah, you know. And, um, I mean, this is this is a Godzilla film by a guy who loves Godzilla, as opposed to the 98, which is we called, the Godzilla fans called Gino, Godzilla in name only. Um, you know, that was a horrible, yeah, Trizilla. <laughs> um, yeah, which, there was a Godzilla. This is, and... From what I've heard, you know, because I don't know if any of you saw Gareth Edwards' first film, Monsters, that's a giant monster movie that you don't really see much of the monsters in. It's more like people in the 
situation where these things are around and they're trying to escape to a free area and you just see bits and pieces of them because it was very low budget. But it was a very good okay. film. This one, I know that you're going to, like, I've heard, you know, they tease you up. You don't see the full Godzilla. You see bits and pieces and this and this up until the end. And then when the fight starts, yeah, it's supposed to be a movie. Yeah. And besides, he's, yeah. you know, besides he's a good guy, yes, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Fighting two monsters in San Francisco. Nice. Well, you, know, you know, another thing I noticed, I noticed that they're also emphasizing the radiation that he gives off. Yeah. I, I kind of noticed that in the previews. That's why I'm dying. To, like, it makes more sense, you know? I, I yeah. think that, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you see the original Gojira uh, from 1954, the Japanese version, and that is a serious, scary movie. You know, because um, it's an analogy, of, you know, allegory about the uh, horrors of atomic war. And you got to remember, they have these scenes in the hospital of people dying from his passing, you know, the radiation from him. And you've got to remember that nine years earlier, that was their reality, you know, after uh, Hiroshima. Right. It's a very intense movie. And the American version cut most of that. They were a little embarrassed about it. You, you know what, really quick, uh, really quick, I'm going to go ahead, and we've got a caller for you. Um, do okay. you mind taking a live call? Here, let, let's get... No problem. No problem. Joseph, Joseph is, is one of our regular listeners here on Paranormal Kool-Aid. Joseph, you're live with, uh, with Cleve. You there? Oh, yes, I am. Hi, Hi Joseph. Go ahead. Hey, what was the... Let's see if you remember this. What was it like working on the movies Nightmare and Twisted Nightmare? Oh, Nightmare was an interesting one because that was the first one I ever did effects on, and I was hired to assist on effects. That was when I lived in Jacksonville, Florida, where I grew up. And I got down to uh, Cocoa Beach where they were shooting it, and it turned out there was no effects guy. We're having a little road right here. Right, road rage. Yes. Long traffic. Um, <laughs> so people were like, you know, I got there, found out there was no other effects guy. I was pretty much dead. There was some guy who said he was, but really didn't know anything. Uh-huh. And so I had to, like pull all that stuff. They'd already started shooting, and uh, just pulled everything out of my ass, you know, um, three weeks straight of shooting, you know, and we did a lot of really cool killings. And that was a fun one, because, you know, it was the first time around, it was a really wild experience, and it was, uh, the film got a lot of notoriety uh, because of the lawsuit with Tom Savini, so that was cool. Twisted Nightmare was a fun one, because, uh, first of all, it's the first time I've ever had a movie poster with me saying starring Cleve Hall. Um, yeah, it should have it framed, if you can find it. Um, but that one was like I was doing. They were doing some pickup shots um, for the killings, and they'd already shot pretty much most of the movie. And uh, the guy playing the monster, he was six foot six and stuff, but he was a bitch, and um, he was just whined about everything. And then the producers were like, "Can we get rid of him somehow?" And they're like, "Well, yeah." And they said, "Well, who else play the monster?" And I just said, "I'll do it." And um, so they then took turns to fit, or, or like Drew Strauss to see who got to fire him. And the first scene we did was me barking through the wall and impaling the girl on the antlers. And um, they had this, like, thin wall cut through that I was supposed to come bashing through. And I, they said, action, and I hit that wall, and nothing happened. Fucking they shook. And I waited to, for them to yell cut, and they waited for me to say, uh, you know. So I said, fuck it, they didn't say cut. So I just started wailing on it and busted through the damn thing. And it was just, you know, very intense how it that looked through camera. So I thought that was Right, and then uh, kind of I choreographed the, the thing with her. I didn't just kill her with the antlers. I actually had it where she hit me a few times and, you know, fought back. And I uh, thought, so, you know, that would be more, more interesting. And they loved how that came out, so they reshot everything that they had done. So, yeah, it was supposed to be three nights of shooting turned into 25. Cool. Wow. Cool. Yeah, but it was fun. 
Thanks for calling in. There's a problem with it because we want to release that film on DVD, but nobody can find any prints of it. The the director died um, last year, Paul Hunt, and I guess they never paid for the paid the lab for the prints or something or other, but uh, or never picked them up from uh, Clark Films in Jacksonville, where it was just a distribution company. Now I know those guys, and they said they threw them away. They never throw any thing away. There's, there's always collectors around who will grab that stuff, you know. So somewhere there's got to be a 35 print we can make it a good DVD copy from. Okay. We have a we have another uh, a chat question. Um, hi, Cleve. This is Jamie. And, hi. Um, <laughs> hello. Uh, this is from Just a Little Fun is their chat name. Uh, they wanted to know, how did you manage to do all those huge monstrous or complicated movie monsters in a short period of time? How I did what now? How did you manage to do all those huge, monstrous, or complicated movie monsters in a short period of time? I didn't have any more time to do it. <laughs> I kind of had to. It wasn't a choice in the matter. Yeah, there's yeah, no so, option. Yeah. And another question I have for you is... Who needs sleep? You, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet. You've done effects for over 30 years now. What do you find to be the most different from the effects? Back, you know, oh, back when you what was, started. What, what was that again? You've done effects for over 30 years now. What do you find to uh, be different? 37 years, you know. What do you find different yeah. to be from when you first started to now? Well, CGI's killed it. I mean, you know, it's just a whole different thing out there. You know, so many, there was, back in the 80s, there was like 50 shops in the valley. Everybody was working. All these made for video products. So many horror films getting done. It was the golden age. And... You could go next door, borrow a couple latex. Everybody got along. We had great parties every weekend. Then when CG came in and started going away, it got very, you know, uh, very, um, yeah, backstabbing and very competition. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it was like showgirls, but with effects. And um, <laughs> it, that was Coco's suggestion, but yes, that's a very good analogy there. But yeah, it's like uh, a lot of shops closed, a lot of people left town and stuff, and the few of us who did remain doing the practical effects, me because I didn't know how to do anything else, um, I never turned anything down. I'm a total whore. You know, it's like whatever it is, I would take the job, so I stayed in it. You know, whether it wasn't always monsters, some of those big hamburgers or uh, hot dogs or uh, some really ridiculous outfits I've done. Uh, can't even describe. They were so stupid looking. Uh, but yeah, it was all you know, uh, stayed stayed working. Had to. Things have now picked up again since uh, because you know because of Face Off in my show. Monster Man, I've heard that, like, the uh, applications at makeup schools has gone up, like, uh, 300%, uh, that uh, supply houses are selling, uh, are seeing record sales in uh, makeup effects supplies and stuff because people are trying to stuff at home. Now, I'm not saying that there's a future in it out here because it is, you know, there's not the work there used to be, but you got outlets now. You can shoot a movie on your phone and post it on YouTube and make money from this stuff, you know, actually create your your work and get it out there. People will see it. And, um, you know, the more creative ones, uh, you know, succeed. Yeah, you know, this, we do have a – yeah, I can imagine that, you know, and, and you've you've been there and, you, and you've weathered the time because you're good at what you do. And, and, and that's, the, that's the ultimate, you know, the, the ultimate way you tell one's success is if you weathered yeah, all I've of got the storms. I've got a good sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah I don't take anything that seriously, so I don't go weeping into my closet. You know, yeah. Choo-choo. We yeah. do have a, another chat question, and I'm going to do a follow-up from uh, of my questions. Uh, Sam Hall, she's our our listener from across the pond. She actually is listening to us from the Sherwood Forest. Forest. 
She wants to know how you learned. I love Robin Hood. Yeah. We asked her, where are you calling us from? She's like, Sherwood Forest. And we're like, nah. Uh, But yeah, she's calling us from there. Yeah. uh, She wants to know how you learned learned to do this. Um, I worked with the materials I had available to me at the time when I was in Jacksonville. And just, there were no makeup schools and stuff back then. Um, There was like this book that Dick Smith put out uh, on... uh, um, uh, yes. Excuse <laughs> somebody texting me on Coco's phone here. Me, but yes, are you on your way? Yes. <laughs> Bam, send. Okay. That's her boyfriend, so. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or else I wouldn't have answered. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, um, the phone fabrication thing was kind of a weird one because I was working with materials that were available and creating... So I actually started out doing stop-motion puppets and everything because uh, I was really interested in Ray Harryhausen's work and, you know, doing uh, stop-motion. And my friend and I used to go to his garage every day after school and, you know, film stuff uh, in a millimeter. And then um, we decided to make the costume using the same techniques, and uh, we made a Godzilla suit. And that was in 76 because we both loved Godzilla, and that was the first one. And then I, won, I took that to a horror convention in Texas, in Houston, and won first place. And then somebody from Six Flags Over Texas saw it and ordered one, and then I've been working ever since. Wow. So, so, so yeah, but, uh, the phone fabrication thing was I got to L.A. thinking I'm going to get into makeup effects now and all these techniques and stuff. No, the first place I go, open my book, and this was over at Makeup Effects Lab, they say, you do phone fabrication, you're hired. And I didn't know it was considered a specialty out here. And that was on Metal Storm, um, you know, so the hunt for Jared Sin or whatever it was. So, yeah, that was back in 83 when all the 3D stuff was being done, that wave of it, you know. Wow. A lot of films so are Charlie Band. Yeah, L- let's just say, let's just say I wanted to build or make, you know, we've got a little mascot, a little a zombie Kool-Aid guy is our mascot. Let's say I wanted to make a, 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 a something, a, a model or a or a, an outfit or something for, for, for that guy. What what would you what would you say would be the first thing that we should do? How how does how do uh, you go start? to YouTube and go, go to YouTube and look at so there's a lot of tutorial videos on there now about how to do stuff, different techniques and stuff, and it explains it actually better than I could because you actually see the materials. Um, a lot of what I do, I don't do with my head; I do with my hands. Um, I look at some of these things and say, "How the fuck did I do that?" <laughs> um, sometimes I just kind of go into overdrive. A lot of times, I'll sit there and stare at a piece of foam for two hours and build it in my head. And unfortunately, they thought that that didn't make for very good television, so I couldn't do that on the show. But um, you smoke a lot of cigarettes. That's how you do it. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Chandra, are you, are you still live? Or are you are you too busy, you know, well, trying to catch your breath? I'm a, yeah, I know. I'm a little weird right now, of course. I have to know: Is Monster Man coming back? I am well, dying without sure. it. It needs to come back. Uh, thank you. It's, here's the deal. This is according to Mark Stern, who's head of sci-fi original programming. Um, he was asked by TMZ at Comic-Con back in July. They said, uh, why'd you cancel Monster Man? And he said, where'd you hear that? That's, you know, we didn't cancel it. Um, we're just waiting for the right time to bring it back. And I'm like, oh, that's nice to hear, because nobody ever told us anything. Yeah, uh, yeah. so we're still waiting. Yeah, um, but if it... If sci-fi doesn't, you know, move on at some point soon, because last year all they thought about was Defiance. That was everything. They spent everything on that show. Um, And so if they don't move on it at some point, there's actually we've had other offers to take the show elsewhere. There's all these outlets now, like with uh, Amazon, and it's insane all the, you know, this uh, now uh, uh, Internet 
programming and stuff. It's actually winning Golden Globe Awards and everything, and Emmys and stuff. You know, and huge stars are starting to do Internet shows of these Internet stations like, you know, Amazon and even Netflix. They're all doing original programming now. And that's starting to get really big, and I guess that is the wave of the future. Kind of weird to me, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Time Warner also, or Comcast, just bought FearNet. So now they own Sci-Fi, FearNet, and Chiller. Um, They need something else out there, you know, (laughs) some different horror. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing I appreciate is is that you're keeping the art alive, the art of makeup, you know, and creation, you know, monster creation. You're keeping it alive, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah, and we need that because, you know, yeah. Here's the thing. There is something else that we are doing, um, and I'm working uh, with producer Lou Pizarro, who's the guy who produces or does the show um, Repo, was it? Operation Repo, yeah, uh, where they repo cars and stuff. He's funny as hell. He's a really nice guy, this big guy, and he's got a daughter, so it's kind of like we looked up because his daughter knew my daughter, and, you know, one thing led to another. But we have a show now that we are uh, preparing that is a giant monster show. I will tell you that. And uh, we've got some heavy-hitting talent working with us on it, uh, like Bob Eagleton, who is a uh, premier artist for Godzilla, uh, does all the like magazine covers and all the stuff. Anytime you see a painting of Godzilla and it looks great, it's Bob Eagleton's work. And we also have Shinichi Wakasa, who is the Japanese monster man, my brother from Japan, who does the Godzilla suits there, uh, will be working with me on it. And uh, Larry Blameyer, who is the uh, director-writer of... Um, Boss Skeleton of Kadabra as our director. And it's a pretty good bunch of us on this. And that's a show called Kaiju Force that we're trying to, uh, right now, get it off the ground. Awesome. You've been in a lot of, you've done a lot of roles and a lot of acting. What's, what's, yeah. your, favorite, what's your favorite character you've played and why? Well, probably the best, well, the my favorite character I played was Godzilla and Pee-wee's Big Adventure, of course. But, you know, um, <laughs> when I did Black Dahlia Haunting, uh, that's the first time I played. I mean, played a lot of man killers and stuff, but it's always been very goofy and stuff. And that one, I was dead serious. There was no humor in my eyes. And um, actually, I had no time to prepare because I'd done a signing that day in Pomona and broke land speed record getting over to this dungeon in, uh, out near LAX to shoot. We had only two hours to shoot in and hadn't read a script or anything. We just get it. I mean, the girl was already tied up and was playing Elizabeth Short. Elizabeth, yeah, Elizabeth Short. And I, the first thing I did was uh, walked up her and smacked her in the face. Not real hard, but hard enough. And just set the tone for the rest of the evening. And she thought that was great. And we really went at it. And um, it was pretty intense. You know, my ex-wife won't even watch the scene. <laughs> she would. It is pretty game intense, though. Because I, I, I play the Bacalia Killer in it. Oh, goodness. What about, um, I heard in one of your interviews, there was one movie, one horror movie that you thought was to be one of the worst horror movies that you've ever seen. That was what? What what is one of the worst horror movies you think that is out there that you just can't watch and the effects in it, that, or? Oh, worst horror movies? Yeah. Or just, well, here's the thing about me and movies. I don't care how cheap or shitty it is. As long as I'm entertained, I'm in, I'm fine with it. Uh, if it's a big budget, whatever. If it is boring me, and like the Black Dahlia film, not the one I was in, uh, the big budget one, uh, it's like an hour into it. I thought it had been two hours, and I am like had to go out for a cigarette, and then I come back and I'm like, oh, my God, this thing's already only been on an hour, and they haven't even found the body yet. 
and I told the people I brought with me, I said, would anybody be hardly offended if we just left? And they just jumped up and ran. And it was like, they were only sitting there because I bought the tickets and didn't want to offend me. And I'm like, no, let's get the fuck out of here. Alrighty. Um, uh, that's turn right. Is there, and it's kind of a two-part question. Um, Let's straight what, around the side. <laughs> what advice do you have for aspiring makeup artists, and where can we have people in the chat room asking where's a good place they can go to, to do this? Well, I mean, if you want to do the makeup makeup school thing, with, uh, there's two that I actually do think are good, and that's uh, Cinema Makeup School in Hollywood and uh, Elegance International. Uh, both of those... Um, I've had really good uh, luck. I've had students from them uh, intern for me. In fact, was, we were doing a music video for this band I was playing with, um, Many of Odd Nature, and we needed like 50 zombies in two hours. And I just put out the call to the two makeup schools, and each of them sent over about 10 students. And we knocked it out. And those guys had so much fun. And it was the first time they'd been on a professional set. Not that it was like professional, but professional enough. And working with people who weren't from their class, and everybody got along great. It was such a fun time. Yes, do it, do it. Let's put it Hi, we're trying to park. <laughs> <laughs> so, Queenie, awesome. uh, uh-huh. uh, we have another uh, uh, audience question from Sam, Sam Hall again, which is kind of interesting. But like when you're when you're watching a movie, yeah, hang on one second. Uh, do you sometimes, instead of paying attention to the story, are you analyzing like technique? on some of the, the the way the makeup is done and, you know, like how they do it. Like, do you kind of take cue from that? Right. You know what, Chandra? He's parking. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> so he, I am there we go. Yeah. There you go. Trying to pay the guy and yeah, park here. So what was your question? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, you want me to repeat? Yeah, go ahead and repeat I'm it. I'm multitask. Oh, okay. Uh, Sam Hall kind of asked, if when you're watching a movie, uh, do you sometimes like not pay attention to storyline as much as you are uh, the the art of the the costumes and the makeup? Do you, do you sometimes go just to observe? No, I go in there. I I don't care about costumes and makeup. I mean, if they're impressive, that's you know, and they stand out. Music, any of that stuff, or acting, you know, that stuff. But storyline is you know kind of the main thing to me. Um, if it doesn't have a you know good story, then fuck it. You know, um, you know, like I said, if I'm not entertained, you know, and, and usually that comes yeah, back to the yeah. story. Because everything else now they can replace with a, carto- with a uh, cartoon. I call it, what? Okay. I mean, they can, replace, they can replace everything, the sets, the actors, everything with uh, a cartoon, you know, CG, but they can't replace the writer yet. <laughs> That's for sure. Okay, okay so off-the-cuff question. Current favorite movie? Huh? Your current favorite movie. Current favorite movie? Okay, well, as far as, uh, it'll, it'll be Godzilla tomorrow, but um, <laughs> A Woman in Black, one of the scariest fucking horror films. It's a hammer film. I love the old hammer films. There's like no button door, very simple storyline. Daniel Radcliffe is in like every frame of that movie, sometimes 20 minutes without even talking. It is scary as hell. It's very old school, very British, and uh, just a great story. And creepy as fuck. I screamed like a woman twice in it, and it takes a lot to startle me. <laughs> no kidding. Well, no. now so I'm going to watch it. Very good movie. What was the I name of the movie? I had to tell my wife that movie again. What was the name of that movie? What was that? The, what was the name black. of that movie? The Woman, woman in, in black. black. 
Yeah. The Woman in Black is a movie you got to see, baby. I've seen that movie. Well, I'm going to need to get going here. Yes. Coco's in very high heels here. Has to hang on to me crossing the streets. Yes. Did you guys think that you, uh, growing up, you know, as your daughter is born, did you ever think that you'd be working with her, like you guys are doing? Um, no, not like this. No, uh, I mean, Constance has always been kind of into this stuff, and Laura actually comes and goes because uh, um, she's a good one. Uh, but she. Uh, not quite like got it in her blood like Coco did. Uh, so she's like going to nursing school and stuff, but then comes in and she's like cuts foam and, you know, just jumps right in on my stuff immediately. So that's very cool. Plus my six-year-old um, likes to hold the hair dryer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she'll Jan probably be a monster maker too. Jan, our chat room host, she wants to know, does you, do you ever watch the real cheaply made trauma movies? Pardon? Do you ever watch the cheaply made trauma movie? I'm having a hard time hearing you right now. Okay. She's saying, yeah. If, yeah, yeah. She's asking if you if you've got uh, if you've ever watched the really cheaply made trauma movies. The trauma movies. Have you ever watched those? Oh, trauma. Yeah, I have a hard time with those sometimes. Uh, uh, they used to be fun when they started. Um, Asylum, another one, but you know, I don't do that. A shark was fun though. That was Asylum. If there was a style of movie that you, you, you could say, or a, a horror movie that you could bring back, is there a certain oh, style Hammer. that you would? Hammer. Completely. The Hammer style. You know, that and oh, either the Hammer or the old Toho. Both of those, you know, you see those now, like in Hollywood, we have the Egyptian theater that shows sometimes uh, those old films. And seeing them on a big screen, there's magic in those movies you'll never see repeated. You know, um, those are amazing. You know, those scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. And the old Edgar Allan Poe films by uh, Roger Corman. So, back then, uh-huh. spent so much time trying to explain it, you know, convince everybody there's a monster, you know. In Hammer films, you say Dracula's coming, you just start sharpening stakes. Or in Japan, if a monster <laughs> shows up, they say, what's his name? You know, this is kind of a daily thing with them. True, You're true. put into a universe where that stuff exists. So, um, if- go ahead, Jamie, go ahead. So, no, my question is, is there any a horror subgenre that you've not previously explored that yes. you'd like to? Yes, two of them, actually. Man-eating plants, I'd love to do. There's a lot of data trips and stuff. There's not enough man-eating plants. And Southern Gothic, which is like, I just read Charlotte and stuff. It's a very cool vibe. I haven't grown up in the South and stuff. Uh, creepy. And people don't really do that much. Cool. I am going to have to go. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm about to jump in this red carpet thing, and I don't want to take pictures of me with a fucking phone in my hand. <laughs> okay. Well, I tell you what, Cleo, I, I understand. I appreciate you you coming on with us and and spending oh, no some time. Cool. And you know, you guys, thank you very much. And you all, could you just do one favor before you go? If you could just say, "This okay. is Cleve Hall, and you're listening to the Paranormal Kool Aid." This is Cleve Hall, and you're listening to Paranormal Kool Aid. Ravi, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, one more time. One more time. Okay. Cameras are already flashing. Okay. Okay, you guys take care. Good night. Thank you very much, Cleve. Good night, Cleve. Okay, bye. All righty, guys. How about that? Wow, that was awesome. 
Not enough time. I feel like that was a tease. We want more. Yeah, definitely. We're definitely going to have to get him on. Um, It looks like we lost. uh, Looks like the studio is acting kind of goofy. We did lose Jamie. Jamie, if you if you can hear us, please call back. Um, But um, yeah, that was kind of that was it was crazy. It was almost like talking to Scott Grunewald. You know, it was, it, he's, you know, just, you know, kind of all over the place. I mean, we got to hear him, you know, do some little mini road rage and, and have conversations with, with his daughter. You know, unfortunately, we did not get to hear the, uh, the, uh, the, the concert with Green Day. But, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and being on his cell phone and rushing through, you know, we, when we come to, to having interviews, great interviews like that, we do have to kind of, you know, just be a little bit, you know, just thankful that somebody's fitting us into their schedules. I mean, because... He could have very easily canceled with us tonight. And, oh, and yeah. we got oh, well, he's epic. And, and you know, it, it's like that. those are the kind of people you appreciate. They, they appreciate the small guy, and they don't mind giving us a leg up and, and letting us hang out with him just for, you know, just for that little window. That, you know, I, I appreciate that because it's like they notice us. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. give us the time. Right, and I mean, and he's uh, he's just, you know, you could tell. I mean, the guy was trying to do fifteen things at once, but he still to be able to give us that time. And I know that watching the watching the chat, you guys are having a great time with this. So, I, and I appreciate you hanging on. I tell you what, we're going to take a real quick break. I'm going to go ahead and make sure that that Jamie's back on with us. Um, we will be right back as soon as I can. Oh my goodness, look at Chris is not ready. This is where we need uh, Wild Bill. I just turned down and I. Where are you? Yeah, I know. Oh, Wild Bill, you know what? And goodness gracious, look at me. Uh, where is it? Okay, there he is. You know, and he 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 does everything all ready for me. So we'll be right back after the short break. Just visit our Facebook page after the show, and the link will be posted. Oh, yeah. Hi, this is Heather from Hopkins County Paranormal Society, and while I'm giving a tattoo, I'm listening to Paranormal Kool-Aid. Welcome back to Paranormal Kool-Aid, everybody. We just talked to Cleve Hall, the one and the only Monster Man. I mean, that was freaking awesome. That was cool. And I'm so glad he took the time out to chat with us. So, yes. Oh, yep, yes. So, yeah, so <laughs> can you imagine that? I know that was, this has been kind of a goofy show, you know, kind of off the wall. Very, very non-PKA because, you know, we don't have our usual Wild Bill. Hopefully he's, uh, he did pop into the chat briefly at the beginning of the show to let us know that he is not, um, he's not going to have a full, you know, full internet all the time. So he, 
it just thought it'd be best for him to, you know, kind of catch us at the other end. But, you know, Bill, I hope everything's going okay with you. Um, you know what we're going to do is since we got, you know, we've got a couple minutes to, to, to kind of, you know, just talk and, and, and talk about what's going on is I'm going to bring our, our chat host, uh, Jan, uh, Jan Obermeyer Goldberg. Jan, are you with us? You're live on the air in case you didn't know. <laughs> that was a little kind of a chuckle. thousands Jan. can hear you, Jan. <laughs> they can hear you. I had to take it all off mute. <laughs> <laughs> There, there is no farting and burping in radio, ever. <laughs> so that's so, sad because I am extraordinarily flatulent. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's EVP for you, right? You don't just do the stomach growl when you do an EVP session. You just go the whole mile, right? <laughs> so you were just, you kept messaging us in the, in the, the chat, the host chat, you know, while you're, you know, talking to everybody in the chat room, talking about how everybody's just geeking out. We had two great geek guests, I guess if that's what you want to call it. Um, you know, fill us in a little bit on, what, you know, what our, what our, our chat room was talking about. What, what were they saying? Because a lot of times we miss it. And we are having technical difficulties now. Uh, Jan, are you... Jen, oh, are you there? Yeah. Jamie, Jamie are you, you with us? Can you hear yes. me now? Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think with our first guest, you know, people always just want to know what they should spend their money on. It's you know, it's it's such a big question, you know, what should I get this over this, you know, what brand of recorder? Uh someone unfortunately our guest uh had to leave us but you know, somebody wanted to know, do I do Zoom or do I do Tascam? And um you know, I say both. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and really uh, with Cleve, it's essentially just everybody is starstruck. Everybody's just freaking out, oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, I think just a little fun was just, you know, had, had a lot a lot to ask, but too afraid, intimidated maybe by our guests. <laughs> just, just too much hero worship going on there. So... Yeah, I mean, this was a nerd's fantasy night. It's nerd it was. night on the PKA. <laughs> you know, it was, it was nerd night. It was geek. You know, I, I, was, I was transporting myself back, you know, all of you, back to when I was a kid. And I would spend the night at my, my, my cousin's house. You know, my parents, would, they would go out, so we would all get together, and we'd spend the night at either my house or my cousin's. And we would, we would literally sit there, and we would go, and we'd rent Godzilla movies, We'd rent creature from the it would Godzilla creature from the Black Lagoon, and um, and Dracula, and that's what we'd watch over and over and over and over again. I think I've seen every single Godzilla movie that there ever has been. Um, you know, in fact, my cousin, he was the type of person that that saved everything, and he has got every single Godzilla that we ever got as a kid for to- in toys and. It, it, we, we call him the 40-year-old virgin because he has got everything still in original boxes. And that's no joke. He's got, like, his, his room still in my aunt's is still with toys. And then you go to his house in Dallas, and his, he's got closets just full of boxed toys. He's the 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> well, what about that? I did with my brother. Not only watch the horror movies, but 
dressed up my brother and dressed up and stuff and put makeup on him. Didn't you do something like that? <laughs> 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 I yeah, have you know, of I, it. I have proof of that. I swear I did it. <laughs> my, That's hilarious. My uh, junior high besties coming in, not this coming uh, weekend, but the following. And, you know, I have a lot of that stuff, too. I've got a, a huge Rubbermaid tote full of uh, Ninja Turtles, and I've got these two alien dolls, you know, and all the Marvel <laughs> stuff. And that's kind of our plan when he comes in. I told him, I said, I said, whip up a script. We're gonna, we're gonna do a stop action movie while you're in town. <laughs> so you know, I think this this allows us to be big kids, you know, and we have somebody like Cleavon, who who is just, you know, a huge part of this culture. And uh, yeah, I will, I will admit that I may be in the forty year old virgin territory myself. <laughs> Yeah. No way. Got, gotta I love it, that. especially if it's you know the mint mint on card, mint in box. I've got guys. I've got like five hundred pesos sponsors. It's it's a bad thing for here. <laughs> so you are truly a geek. I always thought you were a nerd, but now I know you're a nerd geek and all oh, that man. stuff put together. I mean, you know, actually, my first uh, girls. In case you didn't know, my first hint that Jan was was just a total sci-fi nerd geek was. When she started talking, we, I brought up the subject of Star Wars once, oh, and that no. was it. That was it. I, I knew yeah. it was over. Oh, I love Star Wars. Oh, I'm like, I'm crazy. I love Star Yeah. That and Star Trek. Look out. Oh, no. See, my dad, I grew up, my dad was obsessed with Star Trek, and I was forced to, I'm not saying it's in a bad way, but I watched it all the time when I was younger. And I just I could I couldn't take it anymore. No offense to Star Trek, but my dad's still obsessed with it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm in love with William Shatner. He's like the, he, the man does not age. He's like in his 80s, and he looks amazing. I don't care. I even the, you know if he's had plastic surgery, you can't tell. He looks great. And I'm still, I'm die. I cannot wait to get a hug and a kiss from him. I'm really, like, like I'm weird, guys. I'm weird. You are okay. going to have to, like, fight my mother for that because, <laughs> seriously, she's right there with you. That would be cool. You know, instead of celebrity death match, it would be PKA death match. Who gets the first <laughs> yeah. hug from William Shatner? Let go. You guys all talked on top of each other, so I didn't yeah. hear and understand a word you all what said. happens when you go live and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, see, now you, now you guys, this is where you guys realize how, how when I'm being, you know, trying to give directions in the host chat, now now you know exactly why. <laughs> so, yeah. right. Jamie, yeah. go. Jamie, go. <laughs> no, I was just saying that Chandra will put her leg around Shatner and she won't let go. That's probably what she no. would I'd be, like, <laughs> holding on to the ankle, and he'd have to drag me around. <laughs> and I think Shatner could do a lot worse than having Shanta stuck to his leg. I mean, 80-year-old <laughs> guy having a hottie like Shanta stuck to his leg, that's, that's called winning. <laughs> <laughs> and dragging her. <laughs> I mean, yeah. hell, I'd walk around with Shanta stuck to my leg. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Up, up my reputation right there. <laughs> so, so Jan, you know, one of the things that I wanted to, to bring you on also to kind of 
talk to you a little about a little bit about with with you know Jamie and, and Chandra is um, you you have an affiliation with uh, with a certain talent group is that correct? Yes, I do. Can I say the name? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly why I wanted to bring you on. All right, Haunted Entertainment. Yes, and we've got a lot of really cool stuff coming up. Yeah, uh, what's probably the the well, not probably the next event that we're having is going to be in August, August ninth. We're going to be investigating St. Albans Sanatorium in Radford, Virginia. We've got a you know kind of a cool list of people who are going to be joining us, and really looking forward to it. Yeah, and and then and then uh, twenty fifteen is just blowing up for you guys, isn't that correct? Oh my. 2015 already is off the chart. I'm already freaked out. On my birthday, which is the day before Valentine's Day, so February 13th and 14th, we are going to be at Sloth Furnace. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm hoping to I'm be there. Freaking. I am so freaked out about that right now when Don Gomez is, you know, she, she's the mastermind behind all this stuff. And... When she told, when she said Sloth Furnace, I freaked out. And then when she gave me the date, I almost keeled over. I'm like, that's my birthday. And she said, that's my birthday, too. So not only are we going there, you know, to investigate this super cool place with, like, all this paranormal, all these paranormal claims, um, we're also going to be partying pretty hard on that one because my birthday is the 13th, hers is the 14th, and we're planning to tear it up, too. So it's going to be a great time. <laughs> Oh, good and Lord, then, look out. I know, I know. It's going to be terrible. And, um, you know, another another great lineup, too, that's planned. I don't think anybody's confirmed or announced yet, but from what I hear, we're going to have some awesome guests at that one, too. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's the the big T. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give, us, give us a little uh, rumor to... Uh, it, could you give us a hint on uh, who might be showing up? Don't forget your uh, disclaimer. We don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble either. Can I say? Just yeah, you disclaimer. Could, are we, are we going to have some Kool Aiders there? Yeah. Uh, yes. Kool Aid yeah, will be there. Yes, we it, looks are. Like, uh, <laughs> it looks like we may show up. That's oh, I'll right. be there. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's the I, I'm. You know. Weather pending because it is February and and uh, the north can get pretty uh, nasty. Uh, weather pending, I'll be flying in. Excellent, awesome. excellent. So you're going to come too, Chandra? Yeah. Oh my God. So I I I, I knew Jamie was going to make it because she lives close, and uh, you know Chris too. But man, this is just this is going to be the most amazing thing. And I really hope that. Um, you know, some of our regulars in chat can join us too because that would be great to meet some of these people that I see every week in person. Right. You yeah. know, and that's I, I that's love what, it. That's what I did want to tell everybody is if you're listening out there on Paranormal Kool Aid, um, you can follow. Um, I'm going to be posting some videos that I'll be making. I'm going to make some commercials. There's also there's commercial already that I made for St. Albans, and then there'll be a commercial for Sloss, and there will be a commercial for uh, for um, Tombstone. And those will be coming up, but they're all going to have links to buy the tickets. So everybody, please support Haunted Entertainment. Please support what they're doing. They're going to put together some great events. 
and Paranormal Kool-Aid's going to be there. I know that I will be there. It looks like two out of the three, maybe three out of the three. It just depends on the way things work out. But um, guys, support them. Support Jan and Don and, and Eric. You guys, they, they work really hard on what they're doing to try to put together some great events. And, and, and hopefully you guys come out there and, and see us. And, and, and definitely it'll be a lot of fun. That, that I can guarantee you. And, oh. and some really cool places to investigate. Yeah, and the, the cool thing about St. Albans, too, is that it hasn't been overdone. It's not one of these pe- things where you're going to go online and see, like, 500 people have been through there. Um, you know, it's been investigated, but it's not something where people are constantly running in and out the door. So, you know, it'll be a cool, unique experience for everybody, and I'm really excited about it because, honestly, I just learned about it. So, so yeah, you know, it's going to be a good time. It'll definitely be a good time, and, and you know, and it, it'll be so much fun. Um, you know, this this episode of Paranormal is kind of crazy. It, it's already up. You know, we had, it was kind of like one of those ups and downs. Started off with a great person, Jim, talked about science, talked about fact, and then we get Cleveland here, who is just you know a great soul, somebody who's all over the board. <laughs> you know, it was so much fun to, to talk to him. It was it was literally like talking. If you, if you all. Uh, if you've ever had the opportunity to have a phone conversation with our with our own Scott Grunewald, love the man. The guy is the most giving soul ever. Um, but having a conversation with him is like you got to have super patience because the guy is like all over. One night I had a conversation with with Lisa Spunky Monkey and and she told me you know it's it's like squirrel and then you're on a totally different subject. So but it was <laughs> Scott fun. Reminds, yeah, Scott reminds me of me before I take my ADD medicine in the morning. Yes, I know. You know, guys, if you're waiting for the Paranormal Kool-Aid t-shirts, I trust me, I am having, you know, I do websites uh, part-time for a living, and I cannot get PayPal to work on my on our ParanormalKool-Aid.com website, so oh, I'm working on it. It's craziness, but I will get it eventually, and, and then you'll all be able to, to order those T-shirts. Or you're just going to have to go to these events, and then you can buy them there, because I will be bringing uh, Paranormal Kool-Aid T-shirts to these events. Um, but, guys, it, it's time to wrap up the show. And like I said at the beginning of the show, um, you know, it's time to say goodnight. But I want to thank you from, uh, you know, from everybody that does this show. It, it's a lot of fun, and we do this every week. You, know, you, have, you have Pam, you have April, you have Belinda, you have Jan. You have uh, Jamie, you have Scott, you have Chandra, Wild Bill, and you have me. That we work really hard every single day of the week to put this show together for you. Uh, I don't think any of you realize how much work it is. And, and Jan, I think you you were pretty amazed when you realized how much stuff actually goes on just to get a, a Wednesday episode. Um, thank you all very much for listening. We truly appreciate all of you listening. And, and remember, you all can listen to this on the archives. Please spread the word, Paranormal Kool-Aid, every Wednesday night. Uh, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. I think.
lights on. Put your lights on. 